My, my, my. That's a tough passage of Scripture, isn't it? Joshua chapter 7. Why did I pick that one? Well, Israel had just won a massive victory through God's miraculous provision. They had just defeated Jericho through God's deliverance. They marched around the walls seven times. They shouted. They blew the trumpets. The walls came down, and they won this decisive victory. Under Joshua's leadership, they were finally moving in to possess the land that God had promised their father Abraham so many generations ago. If God had given Jericho into their hands so easily then this business of taking over the land should go rather smoothly. All they had to do was do exactly what God told them to do. And God would give their enemies into their hand. They would possess the land. God told them that everything in Jericho was going to be devoted to him. And it would be devoted to the Lord in one of two ways. Either it would be destroyed or it would be taken into the temple treasury. So in this case, everything and everyone in Jericho would be destroyed. But the precious items made of gold and silver were to be kept in the temple treasury. And in so doing, God was going to send a message to the rest of the Canaanites. Look, look what's happened here. Look at how I have protected my people. I have come to their aid. I have given them victory. You guys better skedaddle. He would deliver his people from evil. Now what we see in our text for tonight is that plans hit a major snag during Israel's second military campaign. When they went, when they went to take over this city known as Ai with this troop of 3,000 men, they were driven back very, very easily and they lost 36 of their guys in the process. What happened? They just saw Jericho. They saw the walls fall down. What's going on? Joshua tore his clothes and he fell down before the Ark of the Covenant asking God, what gives? Have you brought us over to the Jordan River just to have us destroyed? Is that what's going on here? God essentially answered him, no, you dummy. When I gave you Jericho on a silver platter, someone didn't do what I commanded you all to do. Someone took some of the devoted things. So get up, go find him, and deal with this problem. And Joshua did as the Lord commanded, and Joshua confronted and examined the people of Israel. And whenever it was Achan's turn to speak with Joshua, he confessed to taking a beautiful cloak, a beautiful cloak that should have been destroyed, and some silver and some gold that should have been taken to the temple treasury. Not only did he take them, but he buried them beneath his tent in the very ground that the Lord God gave to the Israelites for the sake of his promise. And the conclusion of our reading tonight is thus. In all Israel stoned Achan with stones. They burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. Therefore, to this day, the name of that place is called the Valley of Achor. I would wager that for most, if not all of us, this is a stomach-turning tale from which we're tempted to look away. 
makes us, makes us uncomfortable, queasy, rightfully so. We're left wondering what God is up to in this passage and whether this punishment fit Achan's crime. Or perhaps we start to play the game of pitting the God of the Old Testament against the God of the New. Or if we're not willing to go that far, we imagine that, that the Old Testament is about how God was angry and now in the New Testament He is happy. But allow me to burst that bubble and remind you that we actually see something very similar in the New Testament. Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. They lied about the amount of the contributions that they brought to the apostles. Peter tells them that they lied to God himself, to the Holy Spirit, and God struck them dead right on the spot. This is not about Old Testament versus New. This is not about God being angry back then, now he's really happy. That's not what this is. This is about the wages of sin. So as difficult as this is to hear and to consider, we must not look away, brothers and sisters. We must not avert our eyes from the horrors of judgment that sin brings about. Achan broke faith with the God of his salvation by breaking the seventh commandment. He took what God had clearly indicated was not his. He stole from both God and man. That cloak was supposed to be devoted to the Lord for destruction. That money was supposed to go into the temple treasury to provide for the priests and the Levites. Did Achan, did he demonstrate repentance? Well, he confessed his sin, after all. It seems to be the case that he did repent, but we leave that to God's judgment. Either way, there was there's going to be some major, intense temporal consequences. And here's why. This was the early days of Israel. God had to set an example that this wasn't going to fly. Same thing with Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5. That was the early days of the Christian church. And again, God used them as an example that these types of crimes he was not going to look over. But even with all that context, even if I try to explain this away to you, it still does not seem fair. Do you mean to tell me that 36 men lost their lives for the sake of this one's crimes? Yes. <laughs> yes, because that is exactly how sin works. Just as sin and death spread to all through one man, Adam, the sins that you and I commit also have lasting effects on others, whether they are seen or unseen. There are no victimless crimes. What happens behind closed doors in your life, it may seem like it's not going to affect anybody else, but it does. That's what Scripture teaches. especially when it comes to the seventh commandment. Whenever we steal from our neighbors or even from God, people are harmed. Judgment abounds. And the truth is that for the sins that you and I have committed, 
is that we deserve nothing less than what Achan got. And that's why I believe that we have the most trouble with this passage. Because we look at what Achan suffered in the valley that day. And it's not only that we think God is being unfair or unjust. It's the dread that we feel when we realize that there have been times in our lives when we've sinned worse than Achan. And if that's true, then how is God going to deal with us? And that is exactly why you and I must not look away from Achan. We must not look away from the wages of sin because if we do, we will never know the riches of his kindness and mercy toward us in Christ Jesus. The sins of this one man, Achan, brought destruction to himself and to his fellow Israelites. The sin of Adam brought sin and death to you and me, to the whole world. But the obedience of the one man, Jesus, through his cross and through his empty tomb, has brought forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation to the whole world, even unto us. And for the sake of his righteous son, who endured a death far worse than Achan's, God has spared you the punishment that you deserve. Because of the spotless Lamb of God, the righteous and fiery anger of God that was aimed right at you has been quenched and turned away forever. And not only is He no longer angry with you on account of your sins, but He has made you His own child. In the waters of holy baptism, He has given you his Holy Spirit so that he may cause you to walk in his ways. And so, because we have been spared such a judgment because of the mercy of God, and because you and I have been given the spirit of adoption as sons and as daughters, and because we are no longer just sinners, but we are forgiven ones, made new in Christ, How must we regard what God commands us to do? How must we regard the seventh commandment? We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's possessions or money or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. See, one of Achan's miscalculations, we'll say. That's putting it kindly. One of his miscalculations is that he thought that he could provide for himself better than God. When we steal, that is exactly what we are saying to God. We may never think we steal. I know that this is kind of the one that we check the box and we go, ah, I'm good on that one. But guess what? Have you ever been negligent or lazy at work? That's stealing. (laughs) Have you ever mailed it in? Have you ever taken some materials from your office for use at home? Have you failed to share something with your neighbor? Have you fudged the tax numbers a little bit? Have you failed to be generous? Have you withheld your time, talents, and treasures from God? 
from your family, from the family of God, the church. There's millions of ways that we can steal. But brothers and sisters, hear and heed the seventh commandment as you consider the troubling account of Achan and the wages of your own sin. And the Spirit who searches all things will reveal to us the darkness of our own hearts regarding how we have committed theft. And the hard truth, the truth of God's law, will bring with it a troubled conscience. You know, the place where Achan was stoned to death, they called it the Valley of Achor. That word Achor, it's really close to Achan, but it means trouble. Therefore, Joshua said, why have you brought trouble upon us? The Lord brings trouble upon you today. Valley of Achor, trouble. The law of God reveals to us the trouble of our own consciences so that we may cry out to him for mercy and receive it. But as we close tonight, consider the words of the prophet Hosea. Hosea is talking to God's people. He's talking to you. Okay? Here's what he says. Therefore, behold, this is actually God speaking. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness, his people, her. I will speak tenderly to her. And there I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of Achor a door of hope. And there she shall answer, as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. That's some nice flowery language. That sounds like a prophet speaking, right? What, tell us what that means, right? This is the promise of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ whose presence, peace, and forgiveness extends even to the valley of Achor. Did you hear how Hosea name-dropped Achor? God's peace is going to go all the way to the very depths of trouble. When you cry out to Jesus for mercy, when you confess your sins, He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness, even thievery. And through the word of the gospel, he makes you clean. He makes you as clean as the day that you came out of Egypt, the day that you were baptized, as if you never committed any sin at all. May the Lord grant us to realize his mercy and his kindness toward us. May the God of peace be with us all. Amen.